Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring and that's my fine wife Beth. On this fabulous Friday. That's it. That's what it is. And our do not fear scripture of the day is Joshua 10.8. Joshua 10.8 says the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Mm. Hallelujah. What can you say? So today, hallelujah. That's right. We're going to do seven ways to deal with the three T's. All right. (laughs) I know it. I know it. I know it. Have you ever had a day when everything was going super, not a care in the world? As the song says, you were feeling groovy. Then all of a sudden, it, whatever that is, it happens. Everything was going Abraham's way. Had a new home, the son of promise. He was setting up roost in new land. Then it happened. Genesis 22.1, 22.1. Later on, God tested Abraham's faith and obedience. Abraham, God called. Yes, Lord, he replied. God told Abraham to take Isaac to a remote place, prepare an altar, and sacrifice his son. He wanted and waited for 20 years. Can you imagine the kind of questions Isaac was asking as they left the servants behind and headed to the area where the sacrifice would be made? Some Bible illustrations show Isaac to be a young boy, but I believe he was much older even though there's no defined timeline in scriptures. But consider this, Genesis 22, 6, 22, 6. Then Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on the shoulders of Isaac, his son. And he took the fire and the fire pot in his own hand and a knife. The two of them went on together. We're talking about a substantial amount of wood because it take that consume a human body, and set on fire. That would have been too much wood for a young boy. On the journey, Isaac asked, Dad, where's the sacrifice? Can you imagine what Abraham was thinking? See, he walked with Isaac, how his heart must have been pounding, how questions may have flooded his mind. But yet, Abraham replied faithfully, God will provide. Mm-hmm. Hebrews eleven seventeen, eleven seventeen classic amplified. By faith Abraham, when he was put to the test, while the testing of his faith was still in progress, had already brought Isaac for an offering. He who had gladly received and welcomed God's promises was ready to sacrifice his only son. Here's an example of the doctrine. Doctrine of spiritual substitution. As the ram became a substitute for Isaac to spare his life, so Jesus became a substitute for all men, dying in their place so they might go free from eternal death and hell. Wow. Should they decide to accept Jesus as their sacrifice. That's it. There are actually 19 scriptures confirming this substitution in the Bible. However, we're only going to share two of them with you. Matthew 20, 28. 20, 28. Classic Amplified. Just as the Son of Man came not to be 
waited on but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, the price paid to be set them free. Now let's go back to Hebrews 11, 17. 11, 17, classic amplifier. One more time. The verse says, By faith, Abraham, when he was put to the test, while the testing of his faith was still in progress, had already brought Isaac for an offering. He who had gladly received and welcomed God's promises was ready to sacrifice his only son. Well, Abraham passed the test. He trusted God beyond his natural mind. Then God told Abraham not to harm his son. He provided the ram, the substitution. I'm sure that you've never been told to sacrifice your only child. Perhaps your life changed forever with a knock on the door announcing a fatal automobile crash, a call from a hospital ER, or any other heart-rendering moments. We as children of promise, well, then something happens. There are seven possible ways that you could react. Mm. First, you might feel helpless. When something traumatic happens, there may be times when we feel unable to turn things around, when we feel helpless to change anything, when a feeling of vulnerability just takes over. This seeming lack of control will guide us into thinking about the worst case scenarios for everything. When this happens, things tend to go from bad to worse. You know, at our home in Fort Worth, back in the day, it's been a while now, we had a light fixture. Well, it was at least 25 or more feet off the floor. When one of those bulbs burned out, we could see it needed to be changed, but boy, it was really gonna be hard to reach it without the assistance of a very large stepladder. When you're looking at there feeling kind of helpless, um, you need the assistance to turn that light back on to help some things, make some things happen. Romans 8.26, Romans 8.26 in the Classic Amplified says this, so too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up under our weakness. For we do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it worthily as we ought, but the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads on our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. Sometimes it goes beyond our ability to pray. We just have to pray in the Holy Ghost. Second, you might feel all alone. There are times when tragedy strikes or we experience a traumatic event when it seems as if we are all alone in the decision-making process. However, thank God, we are never alone. That's right. John 14, verses 16 and 17. John 14, verses 16 and 17 in the Message Bible says, I will walk, I will talk to the Father and he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him, doesn't know what to look for, but you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. Can somebody say hallelujah? Third, you might feel abandoned. Question, 
Have you ever felt abandoned? Those who've experienced the pain of divorce, the loss of a loved one, or a rebellious child who never contacts you? These are feelings of abandonment which affect your focus and your future. But we want you to find comfort in Psalm 34.18, New Living Translation. It says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. There may be times we feel that God is not answering our cries for deliverance from the pain we're experiencing. But we got to know He's always listening and ready to intervene. Psalm 27, 9 and 10. Psalm 27, 9 and 10. You've always been right there for me. Don't turn your back on me now. Don't throw me out. Don't abandon me. You'll always keep the door open. My father and father, my father and mother walked out on me and left me. But God, I love that. But God took me in. Mm, Psalm of David. Wow. Fourth, you might feel worthless. Sometimes when trials, traumas, or tragedy strikes, it just feels as if all the oxygen's been sucked out of the room that you're in. Yes. That kind of vacuum, depending on circumstances that you're going through, can cause, well, either the room to either implode or explode. In the midst of the situation, many people lose all sense of self-worth and even worse, spiritual confidence. When bad times hit, and they will hit at times, we must always remember our confidence in God and his word to prove our worth and value. 2 Corinthians 12.10 in the Classic Amplified says, So for the sake of Christ, I am well pleased and take pleasures in infirmities, insults, hardships, persecutions, perplexities, and distresses. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am truly strong, able, powerful in divine strength, meaning looking to the Lord for all things. Fifth, you might feel brokenhearted. But if you've ever been brokenhearted by loss of a loved one, divorce, adultery by a spouse, job loss, or any other misery that might come your way. Gain comfort and strength through Psalm 147.3 and I Classic Amplify, which says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, curing their pains and their sorrows. Mm. Sixth, you might feel ashamed. Sometimes the trauma, the trial, or the tragedy we're facing is self-inflicted. We made a mistake, made a wrong decision. Truthfully, the fact that we were partially, if not completely, to blame for what we're facing doesn't lessen the impact. However, we find ourselves ashamed because of what we did or didn't do that could have prevented the mess that happened. If we're the reason for the mess we're facing, then we just need to fess up before God, confess our sins to Him, get up, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, move on yes. with our lives. First Peter 4.16, First Peter 4.16, Classic Amplified says, But if one is ill-treated and suffers as a Christian, which he is contemptuously called, let him not be ashamed, but glory, give glory to God that he is deemed worthy to suffer in his name. Wow. 
Seventh, you can have confidence in knowing that God will deliver you. When you unexpectedly experience one of the three T's, trial, trauma, tragedy, you can rejoice in knowing that God will see you through whatever happens to alter the course of your day and even your life. 2 Timothy 2.15 2 Timothy 2.15 Classic Amplified Study and be eager. Do your utmost to present yourself to God. Approved. Tested by trial. Workman who has no cause to be ashamed. Quickly analyzing and accurately dividing. Rightly handing and skillfully teaching the word truth. What will get you through? God's promises. Let me say that again. What will get you through? God's promises, His protection, and provision. I'm going to close with words of a poem by somebody anonymous. It says, God believes in me. Therefore, my situation is never hopeless. God walks with me. Therefore, I'm never alone. God is on my side. Therefore, I can never lose. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. There you go. Well, until tomorrow morning at 8.30 Eastern, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. Love you. We, we love you and we appreciate you. And keep thinking those rich thoughts. Amen. Bye -bye. From the Word of God.